Hey, y'all, uh, coming to you uh, in an emergency-type fashion to present to you the Ball and Breakfast MLB playoff predictions. Uh, we're going to go just into the wild card round. Uh, try to get this out to you before the games start on Friday. Um, you know, we're looking at a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, you know, set of series across the ALNL. Um, this is just how it's been reconfigured. It'll be uh, basically the three through six seeds battling it out um as well as the four and five seeds in both leagues and uh whoever wins they'll be they'll be facing uh those those top two seeds they got to buy into you know the next round the divisional round but uh you know Wayne and I Wayne and I have been uh you know covering baseball for the majority of the season everything's now kind of laid out and uh we're just going to get right into it with our first matchup in the AL it's going to be the number 6 Tampa Bay Rays uh playing three straight games in uh, Cleveland, who are the number three uh, seed, the Guardians. And, uh, you know, Wayne, if you want to kick it off with any sort of initial views or, um, you know, however you want this to be set up, I'm happy to kind of kind of do that as well. So uh, why don't you take it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, you know, I, I think I'd like to like evaluate the, the both teams a little bit and then I'll, I'll, I'll make like my final prediction here. Um, you know, the Rays definitely kind of you know, the battle through the season a little bit, you know, the last season, I think they had like a hundred wins or something. So had a really solid season last season this year, they went through some injuries and then obviously also the AL East kind of just upgraded itself uh, with all the talent too. And uh, some players just performing really well. So um, up and down type of season for the Rays uh, battle through, um, but you know, they have uh, good pitching usually. And then uh, some you know, timely hitting, uh, I think one key thing is that uh, was it Brandon Lowe is out, got shut down for the season and everything. So that's, you know, I think somebody that hit a bunch of homers last season didn't do too much this season. Uh, one of just over, their best overall players, I would say, at second base. So um, that's certainly something that was missing um, missing from this season. Uh, and then the Guardians, you know, uh, I think you called it. They were, <laughs> I think your uh, team, you know, we both kind of picked the White Sox, thinking that they would run away with it with all the talent and everything that they had, but. Um, you know, the Guardians played really sound overall uh, team baseball, I would say. Um, just good hitting, good pitching, and and, and all. So uh, have a lot of uh, awesome players, Jose Ramirez, some uh, some really great pitching with Bieber, too, and uh, Mackenzie Quantrill as well. So, you know, they stack up really well. Uh, also have one of the best closers in the game, too, um, with Emmanuel Clase. So it's like, you know, there's a lot going for them there. So. Um, with all that, I guess, you know, for me, it was like Randy and Andy just is not enough firepower for the Rays, I feel like. Um, and I, I, I actually have the Guardians taking this one, um, I think two games to one is, is what I have it at. So, all right, that's enough of me talking. We'd love to hear your take on this, Pat. Yeah, um, two very similar organizations in the way that they construct themselves year to year, the budgets they work with, kind of the amount of fans that actually come to the stadium to watch them both play. Um, you know, this has been an interesting year for Cleveland. Uh, I think at the get go, we were kind of wondering, you know, if the White Sox are are faltering out of the gate here, who's going to kind of step up and take it looked like a twin season for the AL central. And then you, know, you kind of had Cleveland just always sort of hanging around, uh, you know, most of the three were for the majority of the season, but Cleveland really ramped it up, you know, starting around August, I feel like they just went into overdrive and, you know, to kind of be sitting here and, you know, they ended the season with 90 wins and, you know, we're 18 games over 500. It's like kind of crazy just how they took off. So, you know, I always look at that um, as an indicator of a team going into the playoffs, but, 
you know, to finish, uh, you know, seven and three out of the last 10. And, you know, the last two months were really successful for them. I mean, that's a huge, you know, perk for them. Um, not to mention they'll be hosting all three games at home with a you know, normally pretty good crowd that comes out for the playoffs. So, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, on Tampa side of things, it's they've only won two of their last 10. Um, they've been a really poor road team all year also. Um, and it's also kind of interesting to look at who they're going to be coming with uh, rotation-wise. I mean, Tampa, you know, usually prides itself on its pitching. They had a really good bullpen this year, but kind of out of the gate looking at uh, Shane McClanahan and uh, Tyler Glasnow as the one and two starters slated. It's it's kind of tough. I mean, Glasnow has only thrown a maximum of 65 pitches this year in a game, and he's only thrown six uh, and two-thirds innings overall for the entire 2022. So, you know, not that he's a stranger to big games or big moments or anything like that, but, I mean, he's just not ramped up yet. So um, they're going to have to, like, really dig into that bullpen, I think, in game two. And, uh, you know, Shane McClanahan, we talked about him all year. I mean, it had an awesome first half, probably, you know, Cy Young caliber, you know, first half. But he's still young. Uh, he went through, you know, his ups and downs in the second half. He had arm injuries. He even had, like, shoulder tightness and inflammation and stuff. So it's like I just don't know if I can sit back and rely on those starters getting deep into games. And then, you know, for them to tax their bullpen off the bat is going to be kind of tough. But Outside of that, I just kind of looked at, um, you know, offense pitching and fielding for both clubs, um, you know, for, for hitting, um, they both kind of were middle of the pack to, you know, bottom of the half, you know, bottom half of, uh, you know, the best teams for runs OPS, especially Tampa. So Cleveland's got the edge there pitching wise. Uh, they match up pretty well. They're both within the top five of the league and in, in overall ERA and their bullpens were both top seven. So hard to make some distinctions there, but, uh, on the fielding side, uh, they were also, you know, near the top uh, half of the league as well. So they kind of matched up there. But um, looking at it, these two teams are going to grind it out. I just kind of see it as being like, you know, Cleveland being able to, uh, you know, possibly win this series in two. I, I think this is going to be a 2-0 sweep here uh, in Cleveland's favor. So that's kind of where I landed with it. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree. Yeah. Um... It's it's hard for me to pick uh, the Rays in this one. I, I think out of all the matchups, like I think this is the one that might be the most lopsided. I didn't. I guess I'm foreshadowing myself a little bit or, or stealing the thunder. I, I didn't predict any two-zero uh, sweeps or whatever, but uh, uh, maybe it's just me just trying to be a little favorable for the underdog a little bit here. Uh, but yeah, I think the Guardians match up really well with the Rays and kind of their situation. Um, so it's it's uh, it's if I'm a Guardians fan, then I'm thankful that I, I think I got the raise here. Um, cause yeah, this, this, this team, it, it, it doesn't have as much, uh, uh, going things going into their favor. I think going into uh, the postseason uh, compared to some of the other teams in the, uh, uh, that made the playoffs. So. Yeah. And again, I think it just comes down to, you know, the momentum carrying into this playoff series, but it's also like just thinking about what Tampa base pitching depth usually looks like at the top. I mean, it's usually pretty imposing. I feel like those pitchers, you know, usually go six or seven and it's like lights out baseball. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if they can get into that bullpen, you know, quick and often in game games one and maybe game, you know, game two as well. I mean, it's going to be, yeah, definitely an uphill battle. So. Yeah. yeah. And the guardians just have, they have really good, like uh, offensive uh, talent, you know, on, on their team. Like they're, 
they're not just sluggers. I think is is the big thing that they're pretty well balanced. Uh, they're also like you know they have a lot of speed too on the base pads. So I feel like that combination just doesn't bode well. I think for uh, the the Rays pitching staff overall, um, you know p- players that get on base don't just try to slug it, which tends to do pretty well. I think in the playoffs a little bit, it's like you know that balanced hitting, not just trying to slug it out of the ballpark a little bit. Um, I, I think that that kind of strategy tends to bode well in the playoffs and, you know, the Guardians really do well with that, um, you know, and yeah, with that speed on the base paths too, you know, they had multiple people, I think, with 20 or, or double digits and stolen bases. So it's like, that's just a good combination, I think, um, for playoff baseball. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, looking at just coaching on both sides too, it's like Tito Francona, Kevin Cash, they've both been in you know, some serious situations. I feel like, uh, you know, Francona has won it all, uh, you know, a pair of times and has been in it with Cleveland cash got all the way to the world series a couple of years ago. Um, it just doesn't feel like that same team though. Mm-hmm. It's like, like you're saying, I feel like there's a ton more continuity, uh, within Cleveland. They think, feel like that lineup has been set for a while and it's, and it's a good one and they, they will play small ball. They will sacrifice for each other. And, you know, they'll, they'll manufacture runs Tampa. It's like, kind of a hodgepodge of whatever they want to, you know, slab together for the day. It's like one day they've got Yandy Diaz, you know, batting lead off the next it's like a Rosarena. It's like, and then that's maybe based on their analytical, you know, approach to the game and in all situations, all facets. But at a certain point, I mean, I don't know, I think a team bonding together and coming together, uh, especially leading into the playoff season, like Cleveland's got, got them beat there. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Out of all the, I think the playoff matchups, like this would be the one I would pick. It would be a two zero sweep to kind of like what you predict. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking here. And yeah, uh, tough season for the Rays, but you know, Hey, uh, I feel like this is just like typical Rays baseball in a way of, you know, they kind of slug it. They, they, they manufacture their way into the playoffs and you know, who knows what can happen, but yeah, this just does not feel like their season whatsoever. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Moving on to the next one, we have uh, the Seattle Mariners as the five seed uh, going on the road to Toronto uh, against the Blue Jays, who are the four seed. Uh, you know, Wayne, what do you think about this one? This one's going to be fun uh, for sure. You know, uh, the the Blue Jays have like all the hitting in the world, right? I think this is a good matchup of like the Blue Jays having all the hitting in the world uh, versus the Mariners have. You know, I think they had like a top uh, seven or something like pitching squad there. So, um, you know, I and very, very much timely hitting. You have one of the youngest stars out there in Rodriguez, right? Uh, so it, that it'll be a fun series, I think, to watch. Um, but, you know, I, I I think one thing I noticed, noticed or saw was that like, it seemed like Robbie Ray, who, you know, I don't know if he's going to be uh, if he's going to be probably he's probably going to be one of their uh uh, first two starters, right? Um, just hasn't been pitching the best uh, of late, so that's where I'm a little hesitant of how he's going to perform in the playoffs, especially against you know a talented squad of offensive lineup in the Blue Jays. So that's like the one hesitancy I do have. But he is, you know, Robbie Ray, Mister Strikeout Pitcher, so could perform pretty well there. I'm gonna pull off, go with the upset here, though, um, with the Mariners actually uh, winning over the Blue Jays. Um, you know, the Blue Jays pitching staff, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it, apart from, uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, uh, Manoa, was it? Uh, it's yeah. like, yeah, what, like they're, they're really, you know, Grayman had a, you know, decent season for sure. But 
I feel like the Mariners uh, pitching staff stacks really well, uh, I think, compared to uh, the Blue Jays staff uh, and as well as their bullpen. So it's like I think that, you know, playoff baseball, if there's anything that I've learned is good pitching uh, can now do a little bit to that, uh, to the just a, a strict, kind of strictly like hitting squad, if you will, there. So, um, yeah, they do have some solid – the Blue Jays do have some solid pitching, but just not to the extent I think that the Mariners have. I think it's just a different level. Um, so, yeah, this case, I'm picking the Mariners. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think that the way it's going to start. <laughs> Did you just switch the, your mind, or <laughs> no, 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 no? no. I, I, the way I kind of have it set up is I, I think Toronto is going to win the first game. I think that Alec Mano is going to hold, you know, serve at, at home. I mean, he's had a great year as a pitcher. They're going to come out hot with the fans behind them. They've got a great offense, like you're saying, you know, uh, top four in the league. Um, and I think they'll, you know, they'll do a good job of getting to Luis Castillo, who I think. You know, has always been a good pitcher, but maybe lacks some of the playoff experience. So I think that might, you know, get to them. But uh, I just think that going into game two, um, you know, I think the matchup is good with Robbie Ray versus Kevin Gausman. I think those are two guys that are pretty comparable uh, looking at their 2021 seasons and then also their 22 seasons. Um, but I think Robbie Ray goes into it with a little bit of a, you know, a vengeance. Like even if he's had some struggles, like this is a team that let him go, let him walk. Uh and even if they get to him somewhat, I just feel like looking at Seattle um, and their pitching staff, you know, honestly, one through six were guys that had sub four ERAs for the year. Um, Marco Gonzalez may have been towing that line, but they can go to George Kirby. They can go to Marco Gonzalez and go to Logan, Logan Gilbert or Chris Flexen or, you know, pick an arm from their top six bullpen. So it's like, I just like what happens if Seattle gets into a little trouble with some of their starters. Um, whereas Toronto, it's it's kind of top heavy with Manoa and Gausman, and then it it falls off pretty uh, precipitously, like right after those two. And uh, you know their bullpen was pretty average, and not to say it was bad, but I just don't think they have the same kind of depth. Like looking at Seattle's roster of pitching, they've got about twelve to thirteen guys that. Are, are really good pitchers and it's like if they're all ready to go and they can plug and play how they choose like that's a huge weapon for them um i also just think seattle you know ranked two defense in the league comparative to toronto was kind of middle of the pack and then you know just kind of what you're saying like this momentum of being in a big playoff series for the first time in a while and just you know kind of how they finished the season they were they were seven and three to end the year um and and they're pretty decent on the road they're seven games over 500 going on the road so um it's not like they uh you know lack any sort of uh ability to overcome adversity on the road or you know having a big crowd kind of affect them so um should should be a really fun series uh regardless i think these games will be tight and uh yeah i think it goes to three games but uh seattle edges them out um two to one yeah, for sure. And yeah, I, I think also in 2022, um, looks like uh, the Mariners have won the, you know, they, they, they played both the series in Toronto and then in Seattle. Uh, Mariners actually swept the Blue Jays when they were in Seattle back in July. Um, and then they got one game out of, out of the three game series uh, back in May in Toronto. So, um, you know, hey, regular seasons, regular season and all that. I get that. But you know, uh, there's a reason why they swept them even in Seattle. Uh, yeah, they were able to hold their offense uh, down. Uh, looks like they scored five runs, but they, you know, uh, or they allowed five runs in one game. You know, but it's like, yeah, they, they, I think they, they, their pitching matchups pretty well. I think that they're hitting. 
uh, overall. And um, yeah, it, I, I'm predicting, I, I like your re- reasoning. I'm thinking that that sounds nice. So I think I'll go with that about, yeah, maybe the uh, they'll take the first game. Uh, the Blue Jays will take the first game, but then I think the Mariners get the last two there. So, All right. Um, moving on to the NL, we had the number six Philadelphia Phillies um, taking on the number three St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis. Um, what do you think of this one, Wayne? Man, this is going to be a fun one, I think. Uh, you know, I, I think both teams are they're, – they're definitely different. You know, the, the Phillies are – they they hit some dingers, man. Those guys, uh, you know, they got they, they definitely have uh, the hitting that, that that squad. You know, with Hoskins, Harper, um, Alec Bohm at third base, now Schwarber obviously hit like, forty six. Real Muto, uh, uh, Castellanos. I feel like he always hits homers. Whatever, there's always that running joke. He always <laughs> he just keeps hitting homers, whatever. So, uh, uh, it that's going to be a nice squad, I think, to go up against the Cardinals um Cardinals hey they you know what do you want in baseball they, they the Cardinals always seem to be that team that you know they 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 hit they field they pitch right that's what they do they're, they're ranked in the top 10 in all this season uh you know nice pickup with uh Jose Quintana uh, I think he had like a two ERA uh through the season so it's like you know do they pitch him in there uh, Montgomery like their acquisitions actually <laughs> I think perform really well uh also Jordan Montgomery right so whether they want to put them in the bullpen or, or 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 get them to start one of the you know first two games or maybe the third game, right? I, I think they that 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 kind of bodes well with them. Obviously, they got Wainwright as well, who's got all the world experience. Um, and then it's like it's Albert Pujols' last season on top of you know uh, uh, MVPs essentially, right? Uh, with Arenado and um, also uh, Paul Goldschmidt. So it's like there's a lot to go there um, uh, for the. Uh, for the Cardinals. So um, it, it, I, I definitely have, I, I, I picked the Cardinals in this. I think uh, like, like I said, I didn't pick any team to go to just, just a two Oh sweep. Uh, but, you know, I, I think I have the Cardinals um, going, uh, taking the first, maybe losing the second and then winning the third um, uh, for this series. So, but yeah, what are your thoughts, Pat? Yeah, this one's, this one was tough because I like the Phillies game one, game two starters. I think you couldn't do much better um, on any other team to go Zach Wheeler, um, Aaron Nola back to back, especially when Aaron Nola was pushing for a perfect game in his last outing um, against Houston. So it's like, and that was, there was a lot of weight on that game too. I mean, they're still like jockeying for position in the playoffs and just trying to hold on to their seating too. So it's like, you know, that was a high pressure game and he really came through, but um, where I think it, fall short for Philly is after you get through those two starters, it's like a complete no man's land, not only for the starting staff. Like I like Kyle Gibson and Noah Syndergaard when he was more in his prime, he's, he's kind of league average at this point, but uh, it's also their bullpen. Uh, Philly's bullpen ranks uh, 23rd in the league. I mean, pretty bad. I mean, they were scrambling for guys. They're scrambling for relievers. I think they released uh Uris Familia. I mean, just, it's kind of been the constant, uh, narrative around the Phillies over the last few years. It's like, why can't they get over the hump? And everybody who lives in Philly and follows that team's like that bullpen is trash and it always is trash. And uh, when you're facing a team that's top five in offense, uh, you know, in the St. Louis Cardinals, it's like, they're going to, they're going to be competitive against Wheeler and Nola. And I think their goal is like, we just want to get to that bullpen as soon as possible. (laughs) 
And uh, like you're saying, St. Louis fields it well. They were number one in the league, and uh, they had better overall um, like team ERA, both as starters and relievers, uh, over the Phillies too. So I like Philly. I like what they did this year. Like they did come out of the gate pretty slow. They fired, you know, Joe Girardi. They were about ten or so games under 500, and then they really, you know, rode a hot streak uh, with Robbie Thompson. So you know, to see them in the playoffs and kind of get over the hump of. Uh, you know, blowing it toward the end of seasons in the past couple of years. It's just nice that they'll make face. I think they do win a game here, whether it's game one or game two is like TBD. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just think the Cardinals, you know, 53 and 28 at home this year. Uh, it's pretty, that's pretty uh, outstanding. I mean, they're, they love that. They love that environment. And I, I just can't see them dropping, you know, two of three in their own yard. Yeah, I know for sure. It's, I, I feel like, I feel like, you know, the Cardinals, uh, they're like built for uh, the playoff baseball, right? I, and, you know, that's why they've always had success. It's kind of the culture around there. Uh, you know, they're in a way, yeah, they, they, yeah, sure, they're kind of a small market, but like baseball is what they're all about. You know, that's just how it normally is with the Cardinals. And, you know, it, hey, Wainwright, uh, Yadier Molina, and Pujols. Go figure. They're still, you know, uh, trying to get a chip o- over in St. Louis, right? So, um, so it's it's quite a, a, a spectacle to see, uh, you know, those players. Hey, maybe they do make a run. Uh, they definitely have, uh, you know, a lot of moxie, I think, going uh, in their way. So, um, but yeah, definitely uh, in favor of the Cardinals here. Yeah, I mean, to play devil's advocate, the the way the Phillies are going to need to win this series is they're going to have to have the pitching performances of mm-hmm. a lifetime from Wheeler yeah. and Nola and just probably end it after two games. It, like They have no margin. I would say like very limited margin for error. And then the hitting just has to come out like gangbusters, like right out of the gate for them to get over that hump. I mean, mm-hmm. when I look at Car- the Cardinals pitching staff, you know, outside of their bullpen, I'm not like... Um, I don't, I don't think they're going to feel overwhelmed. You know, that's the mm-hmm. only thing that's going for the Phillies. It's like, you look at where Wayne, Wainwright is in his career. And then it's like Jordan Montgomery, who's a solid starter. I think a pretty good starter. And then miles Michaelis, who had a nice ERA this year, but it's like, these guys aren't like, they're, mm-hmm. they're not shut down type pitchers in that sense. But, uh, you know, the Cardinals just play with a good, you know, team chemistry, good team continuity. And I think they're, uh, you know, pretty mm-hmm. confident when it comes to just winning big baseball games. So that's that's why I give them the edge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if Noah, like, you know, if they if they do like a 2005 uh, White Sox pitching staff thing, just like throw a bunch of shutouts or whatever. Um, and and hey, they they you know Wheeler and Noah definitely could do that. Like they had the potential to do that. Uh, yeah, it's obviously just like you know against the the Cardinals, who you know they tend to be fairly disciplined and everything. Maybe not as much, and that's wh- where I kind of think uh, you know. M- yeah, maybe it's not the uh, it's not in their favor there. But um, you know, the I'm looking at the regular season matchup. Uh, I, I think they, it was kind of split or pretty even. Uh, I, I don't want to count the the games at all here. There, but it looks pretty <laughs> even actually. Um, so you know, they so in terms of their you know how how they match up there, it, it was pretty even. But yeah, to your point, I feel like this the pitching staff for the Phillies are just going to have to overtake. Uh, uh, the hitting squad of of the Cardinals, and then and then yeah, hopefully that that their pitch they're hitting the Phillies hitting, which they have a lot of it. You know, hits a couple of dingers there, gets a gets a lead uh, you know, early on, and then you know, keeps that momentum going forth. You know, I I think that's definitely possible though. So, got it. 
Um, in the final matchup, we have the number five San Diego Padres going on the road against the number four New York Mets. Um, Wayne, what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, uh, I mean, talk about a season from the Padres, you know, like, uh, you know, with Tatis uh, not there anymore uh, and, you know, his situation. Uh, Kim stepped up, had a pretty good season overall. I, I think he had like a, a war above five, which is pretty, pretty awesome there for a shortstop. So, um, but then, you know, and, and then obviously they have, you know, some nice uh, top level pitching, you know, with you Darvish, uh, Musgrove, um, and then, uh, you know, with uh, also Lindor now, I'm talking about the Mets, uh, the Mets pitching squad. Uh, I think that's the biggest difference here, right? Uh, you know, you got Diaz coming out of the bullpen, you know, uh, and then obviously then they're starting pitching with Scherzer, Bassett, um, also DeGrom. So it's like, it's hard to go against that pitching squad on top of also their offensive power, which I think they're like, you know, one of the top ones uh, in the league. Right. Uh, you know, with McNeil, I think he, I think he leads the league in average. Right. So he's, you know, up there. And then obviously you got uh, uh, Francisco Endor and Pete Alonso, right. And uh, Nimmo too. So it's like, that's such a loaded squad overall. Uh, so uh, I have uh, the Mets, uh, getting out of this uh, series here two to one um you know i i i i think one call up for me was that you darvish just has not performed that well in the postseason so you know, even though he had a pretty good uh uh regular season uh for, from his standards right i think he had like 16 games and like a three era which is pretty good um yeah just uh doesn't seem to perform the well in the postseason for whatever you know for whatever reason i think it's a two and five like a five plus era so um yeah, so in that in that case for me, it's just like I, I feel really good about the Mets. I know, yeah, the the Braves kind of took the the division away from them. So you know, hopefully, yeah, I guess the one side of it to look at it is like maybe the Padres to kind of take advantage of that. Maybe the Mets are feeling down a little bit. Um, but you know, with that pitching squad again, it's hard to go against the Mets. So yeah, I I think both of these teams match up pretty well. I mean, they're pretty similarly similarly constructed teams, like just like that Cleveland Tampa Bay series we were talking about with like, you know, small ball analytics. This is like big money, big name, you know, veteran rosters, you know, guys that have been there and done it and stuff on both sides. Um, and they both have this like little, uh, you know, air of uh, kind of dropping the ball in the big moments and stuff. I feel like these teams have both kind of incurred like a lot of adversity and getting to where they're at. Like we look at the Mets over the course of the year, they were, you know, at the top of the NL and then, you know, up until, you know, last week kind of relinquished uh, that buy to the Atlanta Braves. So, you know, I think from a confidence perspective, maybe that, maybe that, you know, rocked them a little bit. Um, but in the same sense, San Diego came into the year with big expectations like they did last year. And, you know, even though they got a wild card berth, it's like they they fell short a little bit. And I think, well, you know, what they thought their upside would probably be, especially with a guy like Fernando Tatis, uh, you know, absent. But, uh, yeah, looking at the probables, um, you know, Darvish DeGrom, Snell Scherzer, if, if it goes to game three, it's Musgrove Bassett. Like that's those are like power matchups. Like th this is going to be, this is going to be a heavyweight fight. And uh, I guess, you know, kind of thinking about both, you know, teams and their construction, their seasons and everything like that. I mean, New York Mets edged them in offense, pitching, fielding, and even bullpen. And, uh, you know, being at home, they were also pretty dominant. They were 54 and 27. Um, Padres were 45, 36 on the road. Like that's really respectable. Um, 
I think this is a two to one series, like you're saying. And, and yeah, I think, I think I have to give the edge to the Mets. Um, I see Scherzer probably winning game two. I could see a situation where, you know, possibly DeGrom can't go as deep into the game as he'd like to, um, just based on his own, um, you know, health over the, you know, this past year, what have you. So maybe there's a way that the Padres sneak a, a game one victory and then kind of going into game three, it's like all hands on deck, but, you know, I, I just maybe see the Mets uh, at home pulling it out. Um, but this will be this will be a good matchup, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. It, it, it'll definitely be a fun one. Yeah, because you know, it's like how can the Mets disappoint us, right? I, I think has always been the thing. <laughs> they they're, they they kind of have that mystique, uh, at least at the moment. Um, granted, hey, th- this is as good of a season that, that they've had in recent memory. So, you know, but I, I feel like, hey, if they can get over this hump, uh, you know, at least get out get out of the, the wild card round, uh, anything's possible, I think, with regards to the squad that they have. Um, in a way, maybe they hopefully have some sort of, I guess, redempted attitude now, right? It's like, yeah, we may have lost the division, uh, but we're going to, you know, wreak some havoc in the playoffs. So if they come with that mentality and, you know, execute, uh, yeah, and play kind of like they did earlier in the season, then, you know, they can definitely make a run there. But yeah, this definitely is not, I mean, I, I think just going through this whole thing, like there was definitely not, I felt like, okay, yeah, this, you know, this team is just going to completely 100% sure this team is going to sweep the other team. Uh, but, you know, I think this matchup definitely is, I think, one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. And it's not lost to me that, uh, you know, if, it, if a game comes down to a ninth inning and you've got to go to Josh Hader, who really struggled with the Brewers, really struggled with the Padres. It's like, I don't know who gets to shut the door in San Diego, but, you know, if you're handing it over to Edwin Diaz, he's one of the best closers in the league. So I feel like in those tight games when these, you know, uh, you know, games may go to, you know, a one run difference, a two run difference when you get into these big pressure situations and it's like, will these guys show up when it matters? Like it's, it's kind of TBD and, you know, haters had that experience being in the playoffs, but, Man, he's really just looked, uh, yeah. you know, done uh, as far as this season has gone. But, uh, yeah. but yeah. Um, so I guess overall, that's our that's our roundup for the the wild card round of the playoffs. Um, Wayne, do you have any like bold predictions or things maybe you want to see? Um, you know, in any of these games, but uh, you want to throw out something bold and maybe something you want to see. I want I want to see a complete game from a pitcher, right? Like. You know, <laughs> postseason baseball, not going to happen, right? Unless it's like a no hitter and like the pitch counts like 70 or something like that in the eighth inning. Like it's just not going to happen. That's what I would love to see. Like I miss those like dominant pitching performances where, you know, like uh, like a perfect game or whatever from like Roy Halladay or whatever, like stuff like that. I love to see in the postseason, but um, most likely not going to be happening. So um, I guess, you know, just overall, like I, I think for me, it's like I, I, I love to see what's going to happen, I think, with either the Guardians and the Cardinals. I think those are my uh, two favorite teams, I think, in this uh, wild card round here. So we'd love to see uh, um, just good overall baseball from those from those teams. So, yeah. What about you? Yeah, I think I'm going to be interested to see or kind of want to see how um, the pitching is going to be rolled out. I mean, like you were saying with uh, dominant performances, you know, just knowing that this year it's a it's a three game set, uh, everything's going to be on the road for one of those teams, and it's like if you've been working, you know, the entire year with a five six man rotation, and you only have maybe to play for two games if you're up, you know, after game one, it's like 
what is this, what are these baseball games going to actually look like? Are we going to see, you know, let's say the Mets go up one Oh, is Scherzer, Scherzer going to throw, you know, five innings and you go, you know, maybe Taiwan Walker for one, Carlos Carrasco for one. And, you know, it's just kind of like, how are the, how are these games going to get unfolded? It's that, I think that will be interesting to see how the strategy is played. Um, bold predictions. I mean, things that I could see, like um, for at least for that Seattle series, I could see veteran lefties doing pretty well against Toronto. Um, they don't have a lot of lefties to throw at you. So guys like Jesse Winker, Adam Frazier, you know, more veteran type hitters, um, you know, coming up and maybe having some big hits or, you know, really good, you know, series play overall. I could see something like that happen. And uh, I'm really excited about the Guardians. Like, I know they're a uh, a division rival of ours in the Central, but they're like we said, uh, you know, when we were talking about the White Sox in one of our last episodes, but it's like, I just like to see these small market clubs succeed and, you know, no team has been hotter uh, you know, running their way to the, to the postseason. So every year I feel like there's a club like that where it's going to kind of fly under the radar. And then once they get in, they're just uber confident. So um, I could see our Cleveland guardians kind of being the, you know, Tampa Bay rays of, of, you know, a, a season or two in the past, or maybe it's like a Washington nationals type team this year, but um, we'll just have to see, but definitely excited to, to get into this weekend's matchups. Yeah, no, for sure. It, it, I wonder if they're going to be like, like you were saying, like small market teams that just always find a ways to win, and, uh, like, and, and then get hot too, right? Like, it was like I think it's funny. It's like a lot of people talk about the Oakland Athletics and all, and like how they're all money ball and all, but then it's like so we're like the Florida Marlins when they were the Florida Marlins on the Miami Marlins, right? They, small market team, but then they were able to win uh, with like similar payroll structures, except. They won the World Series with their, you know, with their uh, with whatever talent that they can come with, come up with. You know, they had that one season with Miguel Cabrera and just kind of a hodgepodge of uh, players and all that, and a lot of speed too. So, um, you know, yeah, maybe the Cardinal Guardians can uh, like uh, they certainly have like the talent. I feel like to make a run, um, you know, in, in the, the playoffs. So, uh, but yeah, I'm just excited to see the baseball that comes forth. Uh, because, you know, we, we, we've seen it, I think, every single season, every single playoffs that great, you, you know, these teams that have like the best hitting squads like ever, right, uh, just get out dueled by awesome pitching. So um, and, you know, if you can get some starting pitcher that was like a fourth or fifth starter in the regular season uh, to just dominate out of the bullpen, that is such a hot uh, asset to have, I feel like, in playoff baseball. So uh, very much looking forward to seeing all that. No doubt. Well, uh, that's our emergency podcast for the MLB playoff uh, wild card round. And uh, we'll see how this one shakes out after the weekend. And, you know, moving into next week, we'll cover, you know, what happened and kind of where the, you know, the bracket's going to go. So uh, with that, um, I'm Patrick Miller alongside Wayne Pua uh, signing off for the Ball and Breakfast podcast.